Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Christchurch. Um, we have a couple of notices before our service begins. So, uh, Cheryl, would you like to? And then Mark's going to give a notice as well. Good morning. Um, I just wanted to um, draw your attention to an email that um, Peter forwarded to, uh, from Christine Shenton yesterday to do with ways that we can support the food hub. Now, there's a slight bit of urgency here because two of the things happen today. Just to clarify with the food hub, um, it is not the food bank which supports uh, people that um, are financially struggling. Food Hub deals with all the excess food that supermarkets have um, that would normally go into landfill. And instead, we give them out at food shares. People can have free food. 172 tonnes of it was um, saved from landfill last year. And um, it, it goes to children's groups and um, help the ARC and all sorts of, of groups. They do an awful lot of, uh, to support um, people. So there is a walk today. If you fancy getting out in the sunshine, um, it starts at English Bridge. It goes across the six bridges. Um, it's fully accessible. You can get a map for a voluntary donation of six pounds and do that any time between, well, nine this morning and 4 p.m. The other thing you can do is vote for, um, there's a possibility of getting 20,000 pounds to support the work of Food Hub. And um, you can go online, there's a link on that email, and uh, you'll need your Seven Trent um, uh, account number, and you can vote for the Food Hub to have that, that um, a portion of that money. And the other thing is that Christine Shanton herself is doing half a marathon later on, I'm not quite sure when, and she's going to um, raise sponsorship money for the Food Hub. So if you'd like to sponsor her, also go online. Thank you very much. Good morning, everybody here and those online. Um, Christian Aid Week this year is the 15th to the 21st of May. Um, and the village are going to be running two activities uh, to raise money to help those in Zimbabwe who are really struggling at the moment with difficult climatic conditions and droughts. And it's to sort of help them put water onto their farms and to also um, be able to buy drought-resistant crops that they can grow. The two activities are a concert here in church on the 20th of, of May, um, 7.30 till 9.30. Um, and there's a, a choir from Oak Meadow School as well doing a, a bit of a turn during that concert. Um, tickets are £10. All the proceeds goes to... Christian Aid. If you're interested, come and see me. I've got some tickets and uh, I can let you have a ticket. The other thing that's happening on the 14th of May is a wheelbarrow push. And we're going to fill up, fill up three wheelbarrows with um, sort of drought-resistant crops, or at least a piece of cane with what a drought-resistant crop looks like sat on top. And we're going to push that from here all the way into Shrewsbury and back again, eight miles in total. And there's a Just Giving page um, on Just Giving. If you go onto Just Giving, Just Giving and put in Wheelbarrow, it'll come up with Keith's Wheelbarrow. And you can give money uh, through Just Giving for the Wheelbarrow push. So I urge you to try and support one. 
if not both of those events. It's all going to a good cause. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mark. I've asked John to start our service with a shout. John, come on. <laughs> What's she saying about the, the volume of my voice? Shall we stand? We had this shout. You'll know the words. I think they're, oh, they're up in the, they're up there. Um, you'll, know, you'll know the words anyway. And we did this uh, last week. We, we thought it would be good to do it again because um, today is the Orthodox Easter Day. And, of course, when we think of Orthodox churches, we do think of Ukraine. And so in solidarity with Ukraine, and because, as I'm going to develop in my talk later on, we continue to celebrate the, res the resurrection, let us, um, let us say this together. Alleluia! The Lord is risen! Hallelujah. So as we're standing, let's uh, stay standing. <laughs> and Sue is going to lead us in our first song, Immortal, Invisible God, Only Wise. Thank you, Sue. Please be seated. 
The Lord be with you. We say together the prayer of preparation. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, The first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the only Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, Love your neighbour as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Amen. Lord, have mercy. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. Let us confess our sins in penitence and faith firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace with all. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us. Forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you. Pardon and deliver you from all your sins. Confirm and strengthen you in all goodness. And keep you in life eternal through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let's say the Gloria together. Glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, heavenly King, almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world, have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, receive our prayer, for you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Uh, Jane is going to bring us uh, two readings now, one from Acts and one from Philippians.
So the first reading is from Acts chapter 5, verses 27 to 32. The apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said, yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on the cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and saviour, that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. And this from Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 to 11. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray as John comes up to bring us the word he's prepared. So, Father, we pray for John as he speaks the words he's prepared. We pray that you will anoint them and that we will hear what you would have us hear this morning. Lord, May your Holy Spirit dwell with us and within us today. Amen. Well, good, good morning, everybody. I was going to start my sermon today with a shout that um, Ursula then hijacked and um, put right at the beginning of the, uh, beginning of the sermon, beginning of the service. Excuse me, stumbling over my word. I'm going to. <laughs> so I start by wishing you all a happy Easter. The Lord is risen. Hallelujah. And just as a little sideline, just remember what Paul says in Romans 10, that if you confess with your lips that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So just as a sideline, be encouraged by that. Every time we proclaim that God raised Jesus from the dead, every time we bear witness for that, the Holy Spirit reassures us that we are indeed his. I'd forgotten that today is the Orthodox Easter Day. I was just going to say that because we can still say this because we're in the middle of Eastertide. Is that necessarily true? I had a uh, the church I used to go to in um, Cambridge when I was a, stu a student. The vicar there was a lovely guy called Sidney Sims. Um, 
responsible for turning that church around, a bit like uh, John Fieldsend um, did with this church. He got up one Easter, Easter day and said, every day is Easter day. And part of what I want to do this morning is unpack some of what I think he meant by that. And so every day is Easter day could almost be a subtitle for this talk. We can say that every day. And in fact, we could, I know it goes against the grain, but we can say that on Good Friday. And I can remember one service led by a Good Friday meditation led by the same vicar where he started off by proclaiming that Jesus, you know, whatever we're going to think of today, remember, Jesus is alive. That was the, the witness of the apostles. And we, re- um, we read in the Acts 5 passage of the apostles being hauled up yet again in front of the Sanhedrin and bearing witness to the, to the resurrection of Jesus. And not being afraid to point the finger um, where it needed pointing, much to the annoyance or the extreme anger of the Jewish priests. But they could say, God, we can can testify that God has raised Jesus from the dead, because we saw it, we have seen the risen Jesus. Of course, here we are 2,000 years later, almost, and we don't have that same personal testimony But nonetheless, we live in the reality of the resurrection every day. And I felt very early on when I was given this subject that I actually wanted to talk more from the passage we we heard from Philippians than um, to hear hear what I believe the Lord is wanting to say to us today. And so we have that particular verse in Philippians 3 where Paul says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. Those are three very big subtitles, and I shall try and do my best without um, overrunning too much. Paul says, I want to know Christ. Now, if you look, we didn't have time to read um, all of that, um, that great passage. But um, in the lead up to it, he talks about how he has all his criteria for being, you know, number one Jew. You know, uh, I won't go through it all, all now. But, he, he, you know, all the Jewish um, zeal, all the Jewish rituals, everything. He could tick every single box and a few more besides. But he says, for all of that, he considers all of it rubbish. The New English Bible suggests a slightly stronger word for that, which I'm not allowed to use in the pulpit. But he says, I consider it all garbage for the sake of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. And that reminds us that our relationship with Jesus is relational. It's not based on law. We don't have, we don't have to tick boxes. And we don't even, believe it or not, have to say, I've lived a good life and therefore I can come into the um, into the Lord's presence. We come into the Lord's presence because of what he did for us on the cross, and that alone. We've recently finished an Alpha course, and the final words that Nicky Gumbel says in the final video is, remember, God loves you and died for all your sins. 
And we sit, we stand in this place today as we do every Sunday in the truth of that, that God loves us and that all of our sins are forgiven. And we live in the truth of that. We, I'm sorry, I've lost my train of thought for a minute. We do need to be penitent for our sins from time to time. But the whole point of penitence is that it leads to the joy of receiving God's forgiveness. But when we start seeking God for what sins he wants us to deal with, we have to be very careful. Because it's very easy to let the voices of our own minds get in there. It's very easy to let the voice of the accusers of the brethren get in. And so if you read a number of Christian writers, they will talk about having a rhythm of penitence. Agnes Sanford, for example, talks about, um, suggests that if you live, say, Sunday to, shall we say, Friday, doing your best to be, to be the person God wants you to be, to go out, minister him, him to others, and just concentrate on that. And then Friday or Saturday, you come back and you just be quiet before the Lord. And you ask him to show you. And this is important because you, are, you submit this to the Lordship of the Holy Spirit. You ask him to show you what sins you've committed that week. And, 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 you, and she said, suggests you write them down. And then you think, well, what do I need to do about these? You know, if you've cheated somebody uh, out of money, for example, if you haven't paid the full price, um, you try, try to get out of paying the full price or something, you go back and make it up in cash. If you've uh, told a lie, you go and confess that. But she points out there are many things that you uh, can't necessarily, um, necessarily do. Gossip can't be undone. And there are all sorts of other things, wrong thoughts, lusts, all that sort of, sort of thing. Don't need anything specifically doing about them. You can't go to somebody and say, I'm sorry, I've lusted against you. That would be completely r wrong. But, you know, nonetheless, you bring them from the Lord. But the important thing is that you then receive his forgiveness. Pete Gregg, in his uh, wonderful book, How to Pray, um, suggests using the prayer, the prayer of examine, which is um, based on Psalm, 40, uh, Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my faults. Um, and he suggests perhaps doing that every evening. There are many, many different ways of doing it, and um, I think all of us need to find what suits us be best before the Lord. But the important thing of all is that we come, bring these sins before the Lord, we receive his forgiveness. And, we, uh, and in the words of uh, the psalmist, he restores to us the joy of our salvation. Problem is, that it's very easy to, to focus so much on penitence that we, get, we, we stay stuck in it. And we fail to take the step of receiving the forgiveness which Jesus died on the cross to give us. And that is so, so important. With, um, and so many times people get stuck in this, uh, what Agnes Sansford calls this attitude of repentance or of penitence. Yes, our sins are there, but our sins are dealt with. Just remember on the cross, Jesus' last words but one were, it is finished. And through the ages, 
The teaching has been that everything, everything that needed to be done to present us pure and holy before, before the Father on the final day has already been done. That is the message of the cross. That is the message of Jesus' cry. And it was a cry of triumph. Not a, not a thank goodness that's over. It was a cry of triumph. I've done it. And he gives it to each one of us. He gives forgiveness. And I think the church has been hamstrung over the years by this, by this attitude of hanging on to repentance, where what Jesus wants us to do is move into joy of his forgiveness. When I was preached at the New Year, um, I, was, I was referring to um, Brother Lawrence and his teaching of practicing the presence of God. And that is, that is what, what this is all about. We practice the presence of Christ, not of ourselves, not of our sinfulness, but we move on and we, we cooperate, if you like, with Jesus in reaching out to people who need his love. And we do that because we are full of Jesus, we are full of him. I want to read, just to underline that, I just want to read a short quote. Um, some of you may be aware of the book, Jesus Calling, which is a book of, of day-by-day prophetic readings where, uh, where Jesus um, speaks to us. And I'm just going to read a little bit of last Tuesday's, where Jesus says, I love you regardless of how well you are performing. Sometimes you feel uneasy, wondering if you are doing enough to be worthy of my love. No matter how exemplary your behavior, the answer to that question will always be no. Your performance and my love are totally different issues which you need to sort out. I love you, says Jesus, with an everlasting love that flows out from eternity without limits or conditions. I have, and listen to this, I have clothed you in my robe of righteousness, and this is an eternal transaction. Nothing and no one can reverse it. Therefore, your accomplishment as a Christian has no bearing on my love for you. Even your ability to assess how well you are doing on a given day is flawed. Your limited human perspective and the condition of your body with its mercurial variations distort your evaluations. Bring your performance anxiety to me and receive in its place my unfailing love. Try to stay conscious of my love and presence with you in all that you do, and I will direct your steps. So what you may ask, as I asked myself when I got to this stage in preparation, where does this fit in with the resurrection? And of course, Jesus is alive, and he lives in each one of us. His life is united with ours. In baptism, I was baptized into Jesus' death so that as I came out of the water again, I rose, rose to the new life that he gives me. That's his resurrection life, which is in, within each one of us. And there's a really close unity between the life of Jesus and the life of us within us. It's a, it's a unity built on love expressed through obedience. The other... Um, it, image that's often given in the Bible to create, uh, to, um, to illustrate the closeness of the, uh, the relationship between, um, between Christ and the Christian 
is a relationship of marriage. The closeness, the intimacy, is a picture of closeness and the intimacy between Jesus and his church. And Jesus, in that bond of love, is alive in each one of us. And therefore we can know the power, each one of us can, as a matter of a birthright as a Christian, know the power of his resurrection. Now, it's very easy, if we're not careful, to become power crazy. You know, we think, oh, we've got, um, you know, we look at Jesus, I give authority to you. He gave authority and power to the disciples when he sent them out on missionary, practice missionary journeys. It's very easy to start going around saying, oh, I command this to depart, I command that to depart, I command the other to depart. And if we do that, we start to run the risk of, um, of going astray. And therefore, we have to start with all this by focusing first on Jesus. And that's why I've spent, so, uh, spent such a long time focusing on our relationship with Jesus here. Jesus is alive in each one of us. He is all around us, and he is also within us. We talk, um, the big words in the, in the big books talk about him being transcendent and also immanent, which is a word I haven't come across before, but it means that the God who is all around us is also within us. And he sends us out to minister his love to others. And he gives us power over sin. He gives us power in healing. He gives us power in our weakness. The one thing I'm not going to try talking about today, today is spiritual warfare. That is a totally different subject. But when we, um, when we have confessed a sin, and just, rem uh, just remember that confession of sin has to be specific. This is one, uh, this is one re re realm in which I think the Catholics have got it right, and we possibly haven't. When they go to confessional, and they, uh, they say, Father, forgive me, because um, I've done this, that, and the other. Right, whatever this, that, and the other may, may be. And they receive him. After that, of course, it, be, it begins to fall down a bit because often there's a failure, as I said earlier, to receive the forgiveness. But it's there. We, but then when the, when the temptation for that sin next comes, we can say, no, it's dealt with by the cross of Jesus and by the resurrection of Jesus. And we can trust in that power to do it. And, we're there, and therefore, we are able to turn around and say, no, whatever it costs us. We can say, come Lord Jesus, and we start practicing the presence of Jesus. And his risen life within us gives us the power, and if we hang on to it, then the temptation recedes wonderfully. We give, we're given power in healing, and again, um, we can believe in healing. The, um, Agnes Sanford often suggests starting with something very small, a cold or what that, well, that I started with a, uh, with, with, um, with a rather nasty episode of gut ache I had a few weeks ago, just before um, my sister and her partner arrived for, for lunch, um, and God healed that. And we, as our faith is encouraged, we can mo we, we can move uh, onto bigger things. But emotional healing, is well, um, is also very. Uh, um, we see the, uh, the power of Jesus revealed. And emotional healing often means that we need to come before the cross. And we see Jesus bearing our griefs, carrying our sorrows. Jesus died for my sins. 
Jesus died for the sins that were committed against me, and Jesus died for my reaction to those sins. And I need to, whether it's, um, whether, whether it's a resentment to, to somebody who hurt, whether it's a, um, a feeling of rejection and a refusal to believe that God loves, wh whatever it is, you bring that to the cross. And as uh, Leanne Payne says, to do this, one is, create, one is confronted sorry, with the reality of what Jesus did for us on the cross. And therefore, in some ways, I said at the beginning, every day is Easter Day. In some ways, every day is Good Friday as well, because we live in the truth and the reality of what Jesus achieved for us on the cross. Finally, and I'm beginning to wind up now, we, talk, um, we have to talk a bit about suffering. I'm not going to say very much here. All I'm going to do is read a short quote from uh, De Dennis Bennett's Nine O'Clock in the Morning. I don't know how many of you re uh, remember this book, but you'll remember that, if you do, if you do remember it, that he, he went through a very difficult period when his, when his wife died of breast cancer. I'm not going to develop that particularly, but this is something he says as he worked, this out, worked out the, um, the, af uh, the aftermath of this with the Lord. He talked about, um, about his wife knowing Christ the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings. Ah, he says, there was a sticking point. Did anyone truly want that? What was the meaning of these words? One thing I knew, when the word suffering was used in the New Testament, it didn't mean what we mean by the word today. When we say suffer, we usually signify that we are hurt or have pain, but the Bible word always means to put up with something voluntarily. If you have to do it, it isn't really a suffering. I knew, that the, I knew that the Apostle Paul was saying something like this. I willingly put up with all kinds of hardship, even death itself, rather than stop telling about Jesus. Or even more profoundly, rather than stop trusting Jesus implicitly for every need of my life. For the, for to the world, this is the deepest offense of the gospel, that we trust God instead of man. Jesus warned us that in the world we would have tribulation and to certainly start moving out and ministering his love in whatever form um, or in whatever way he calls us to do that is going to bring us in into confrontation sorry into confrontation with the powers that are active in this world and we are going to know about it so let's be ready for that so to sum up, Jesus loves each one of you. Jesus loves me. Jesus has forgiven all my sins. I am alive in Jesus. My sins are forgiven. And I can walk, on, uh, I can walk this life with him, knowing his power in carrying victory over sin, knowing his power in seeing healing in myself as Jesus changes me from one degree of glory to another and in others and knowing that I if I walk with him I will get it in the neck just the same as he did so let's pray
Lord, when we consider all that you've done and all that the gospel implies, we find ourselves saying with Paul, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And we thank you again for all you did on the cross. And we thank you again that God raised you, the Father raised you triumphant from the grave and raised you to the highest point, which is the right hand of the Father himself, where you have been given all power and all authority. And you promise that you are with us now and always. So Lord, will you please strengthen us? Will you please encourage us to go out from this place full of you. Lord, may each one of us know the joy of having our sins forgiven and walk in the reality, in the truth of that statement. Lord, I want to pray for each one of us here as we celebrate communion and we receive again your commitment to us, your body broken for us, your blood poured out for us in the symbols of bread and wine that you would strengthen each one of us, that you would open our eyes afresh to see just how much you love us. For which, Lord, we give you all praise and honour and glory. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, John. Let, let's continue in prayer with our intercessions and when I say the word Maranatha which is Aramaic for come O Lord could you respond Amen come Lord Jesus Maranatha Amen come I'm going to leave very brief periods of silence as I pray if you would like to, to name situations or people out loud or quietly in that silence, then please do. Heavenly Father, help us to live in the light of your coming. And give us a longing for your kingdom. And in that context, we pray for. Maranatha. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Come to your world as king of the nations. Before you, rulers will stand in silence. We pray for. Maranatha. Amen. Come. Lord Jesus. Come to the suffering as saviour and comforter. Break into our lives where we struggle 
with sickness and distress and set us free to serve you forever. We pray for. Maranatha. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Come to us as shepherd and guardian of our souls. We acknowledge your victory over evil and death. We pray for. Maranatha. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Come from heaven, Lord Jesus, with power and great glory, that we may live and reign with you in your new creation. Maranatha. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Please stand, if you're able, for the creed. Do you believe and trust in God the Father, source of all being and life, the one for whom we exist? We believe and trust in him. Do you believe and trust in God the Son, who took our human nature, died for us, and rose again? We believe and trust in him. Do you believe and trust in God the Holy Spirit who gives life to the people of God and makes Christ known in the world? We believe and trust in him. This is the faith of the church. This is our faith. We believe and trust in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and share his peace. As we share the peace with each other, let's just be mindful that COVID is still in the community and uh, just take care not to get too close. The peace of the Lord be always with you and also with you. Let's offer each other a sign of peace.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Mark's waving at me because something's not working. I'm okay. <laughs> Shall I start again? The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We give thanks to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, you made the world and you love your creation. You gave your Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Saviour. His dying and rising has set us free from sin and death. And so we gladly thank you with saints and angels praising you and saying, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We praise and bless you, loving Father, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And as we obey his command, send your Holy Spirit that broken bread and wine outpoured may be for us the body and blood of your dear Son. On the night before he died, he had supper with his friends, and taking bread, he praised them. He broke the bread, gave it to them, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when supper was ended, he took the cup of wine. Again he praised you, gave it to them, and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. So, Father, we remember all that Jesus did. In him we plead with confidence his sacrifice, made once for all upon the cross, bringing before you the bread of life and the cup of salvation, we proclaim his death and resurrection until he comes in glory. Great was done, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Lord of all life, help us to work together for that day when your kingdom comes and justice and mercy will be seen in all the earth. Look with favour on your people. Gather us in your loving arms and bring us with all the saints to feast at your table in heaven, through Christ and with Christ and in Christ. In the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honour and glory are yours, O loving Father, for ever and ever. Amen. As our Saviour taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. 
break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ which he gave for you, and his blood which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. And we say together, Most merciful Lord, your love compels us to come in. Our hands were unclean, our hearts were unprepared. We were not fit even to eat the crumbs from under your table. But you, Lord, are the God of our salvation and share your bread with us freely. So cleanse and feed us with the precious body and blood of your Son, that he may live in us and we in him, and that we with the whole company of Christ may sit and eat in your kingdom. Amen. We'll follow our, what's become our usual practice of coming to the feet of bread and wine, taking it back to our seats so that we can all consume together.
body of Christ keep you in eternal life. In the blood of Christ keep you in eternal life. Before we say our prayer after communion, let's remember in prayer and before our Heavenly Father those who can't be with us today. And so, Father, we think of those of our congregation who are too frail to be here, who are in residential care or in hospital. And we also remember Father, those who are grieving. And we ask that your peace and your presence will dwell richly within them. And that this week they will know your blessing on their lives. Amen. And so we say together, Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. We're going to sing our final song, Crown Him with Many Crowns. Thank you.
and to close our service of blessing, may God, the Father, judge all merciful, make us worthy of a place in his kingdom. May God the Son come amongst us in power, reveal in our midst the promise of his glory. May God the Holy Spirit make us steadfast in faith, joyful in hope and constant in love. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve our risen Lord. Amen. Amen.